Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, everybody. Missed you guys last week. Zach, you did an amazing job. Pray first. Come on, give it up for Zach. It's not how we envisioned to start our 2020. I had a little procedure to make sure there's no more babies. Then got an infection. Then got strep throat. Then after, okay, fine, strep throat. I get it. I get it. We're good. Hospital night, get the meds. Two days later, influenza B. And then kids are getting it. Kids are going, you know, sickness is going ballistic through the household. And then our daughter falls, uh, playing, drills her tooth. It's, it's loose. It's one of her permanent tooths. And it's, oh, it's like, gosh, bleeding everywhere. And then, and then one of the kids ruptures his eardrum. And the, so anyways, that's our last 20 days. So the real hero is Crystal, who's been holding it down and, and dominating and thank you to all the friends that have been bringing by food and everything like that. You know, pain is a great teacher. It's not one that we want to sign up for, but it, it definitely teaches us. And I'm grateful to be in a community that we can be vulnerable, we can be real. And I know so many people here are going through so many things as well. And I want to encourage you that God is still God, even when we feel that he's far. He's really close in the midst of those moments and the storms. 21 days of prayer has been awesome. I haven't been able to go because I've just been kind of laying up, but I've been watching it. And it's been neat to log on and, and be a part of something all across the nation of people praying. And can encourage you to continue to jump into that. They say if you win the morning, you'll win the day. But if we win January, I think we win our year. It gives us the right perspective. So let's let the Lord do some heavy lifting. Today, I really want to speak to disciples, meaning you've already made a commitment to follow Jesus and, and today, to, to, how do we start? How do we continue this journey all the time? One of my life's verses is, is the core text of our morning. It's Matthew 6, 33. And I'm reading out the Christian Standard Bible. And this verse says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. The ESV says, added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. What things? We'll talk about that in just a moment. And if you're a note taker, today is seek first God. Now, some of the Greek meaning will give us a good kind of GPS guide here. Seek to understand what is seek. It means to aim, or strive after. First, in order of time or sequence, before I do anything else, I know we're all guilty of this, right? Do everything else but get to God, and then I'll get to God. The kingdom, its blessings, its benefits, whether present or future. And I love um, the language here also says, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. So it's more about the ruler than it is necessarily the kingdom. 
but the kingdom naturally has benefit in it. God being theos, the almighty righteousness, to seek his righteousness is integrity, virtue, purity of life, uprightness, correct thinking and feeling and action, to, to have the Holy Spirit flowing through us, flowing through us. In all being that everything, every way, everyone, all of it, these things, then next, they naturally follow and they shall be added to me and you. Let's rewind and get some more context of what Jesus is teaching us here. This is in the Sermon on the Mount, a group teachings about the kingdom, a manuscript, if you will, blueprint on how to live life. Now, We know that rules don't transform us, but when the kingdom of heaven comes in us, ignites us, makes us brand new, now, therefore, we want to know what the kingdom's like. We want to know how God's affection and and what he thinks about. We'll pick it up in verse 24. No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's not make the mistake real quick. If you don't have a lot of money, let's not assume that we, we still wouldn't be serving the master of money. In fact, I found in some of my poorest moments in life that money is the dominating driving thought that all I can think about. It's it. How do I get money? How do I provide? All this. This is speaking to us even when we're in lack. This isn't just for, oh, okay, well, if I'm in the come up, that money can't be my master. No, it's very clear that there's, there's, a, there's competing frequency all the time. Is money my God? Or is God my God? And this is tough. This is really tough. Seeking first the kingdom of God is, is easier when things are going well. There's two times it's really, really um, really hard. I think when, when things are so awesome, we can forget God, or when we're in so much pain, the tendency would be, I want to do everything to eliminate and alleviate this pain. Anything. And seeking God, if you can't deliver today for me, then you know what, God, I'll get to you later. And it's, it, it's so comical even, but this is the sheep mindset that we bring to the table too often, that yet, yeah, God, you can save my soul but I don't know if you can provide for me today. And the irony is, is always at war, and this is what's happening. And, and we see you cannot serve both God and money. It's impossible. Is God displeased when we have money? Absolutely not. It's just about what's first in our heart. In fact, we could give a lot of money. We could do a lot of amazing things with our money. But only we know which God we're serving. The cure for anxiety, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. This doesn't even make sense. Yet, but only by faith. Don't worry about your life? How not? You know, in these last few weeks of being sick, you want to know what grows the most? Worry. I can't protect my kids. I can't. I can't do anything. Worry just comes. 
The God of this world is worry. What will we eat? What will we drink? Or about your body, what will you wear? Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't reap or or sow or reap or gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his life by worrying? This is kind of like that idea where it says, if you worry, don't pray. And if you pray, don't worry. Because what does worrying really add? But yet we get exhausted with worrying. And why don't you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. God is teaching us here that he takes care of creation. He takes care of birds. Of course they're not worried. They just go about their day. He takes care of things that grow. And he takes care of us. But that's challenging because we, we overthink this. We think, It can't be this simple. Can it be just to seek God today for daily bread? No way. Surely he wants plans. Surely he wants more. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass, the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. I'm embarrassed to think of how little my faith is at times. I don't feel condemnation um, from heaven. I feel condemnation from the enemy. But conviction to say, why do I care so much about how God will provide for today or tomorrow? Because there's war at my flesh all the time. And letting Jesus into that place is when we're being vulnerable that I think good things happen. And we can talk big faith. Like, I've, uh, be honest, faith does not talk. Faith walks. I, dude, whoever's talking big faith, just run. Like, just straight up run. Straight up run. Never seen it win. Never seen it win. It, does, it can win for a moment. It can't sustain. Because it's got to be deep, deep, deep in the core to the storms, deep, 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 deep. When stuff hits the fan, deep, deep, deep. When you really need a provision to happen on how you're going to get to the next stage of life or get to tomorrow. And I love that we have a God that is present with us. So don't worry, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them that is peaceful so if there's a lack today that we feel god already knows we need it god already knows we need it he already knows your desire for relationships your desire for material things your desire for your business your desires for where you want to live god already knows what you need so if he's not supplying it could it be that there's a reason for us to pause and examine and say, maybe God is the whole point of all of this. We don't want to be as if the Gentiles who are outside this, not in this equation. Now, you and me, Gentiles, disciples that have been engrafted in, this is perplexing. This is a mystery that we're into this walk with God. And that therefore, since we're into this mindset, getting to realize how we've been created, designed, orchestrated in this new way of living, this free path. Oh, But yet to not be bogged down is just like those who are just consumed with the appetites. 
the nonstop. And this is easier said than done. And this is verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. 34, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. I love it because it's, it's implying there's a whole ton of worry tomorrow and there's enough problems today. So just let God provide for today. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that we shouldn't have plans? Absolutely have plans. But how many people know that when we plan, God alters the plan? In fact, almost all of our plans don't happen the way we want to. And if they are, we might ask, what master's kingdom are we in? Because we serve a God of today. And this is tough, especially with me entering 2020. And this was not my plan to be sick. Oh, no. Healthy me leads to healthy everything. Do you remember 2019? If I'm healthy, I can see clearly. I can't see clearly. They had me in so much medicine, I couldn't even think. But yet this becomes more pertinent for my life. To not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Children of God, come here, come here. It's just today. I'm not discounting tomorrow, but it's just today. Who cares? Tomorrow, today. How do we go there? How do we get there? I want to give us four things that I think would be really helpful. Number one, the kingdom of God is not about the kingdom, but the king over the kingdom. Because even in this idea of to seek first God, we get excited. We're the Toys R Us kids. Oh, you have a kingdom. What am I going to get? Oh, I'm going to get the king. If I seek your righteousness and, and, and your kingdom and, and these things are going to be added unto me, what's going to be added unto me? What's the kingdom? What, what, I want to know, do I get a castle? What do I get? And let's not think that, oh, that's not me. I don't want it. I don't want Yeah, right. We're like junkies for gifts. We're junkies for stuff. And in our culture, we should be the, the, the weary, the, like the, the most concerned. We have extravagant commercials all the time telling us that we need more. It's not enough. Nothing's enough. That's the lie since the original sin that God was not enough. Did he really say? Is God really enough for today? Is, is he just enough? Can we trust him? Yes, because we have a king that reminds us just it's about the king. Number two, seeking God second has fatal consequences. So let's just be real. If we work the equation the other way, seek something else first, money, clothes, people, family. Family's a tough one, okay? Man, I don't even know people could love family like they love family until you meet some other people's family. I mean, wow, wow. And family is like, you know, blood is thicker than whatever, all that. So close. But yet, even family can be an idol. Seek whatever. Seeking God second has fatal consequences. There's a clip with Darth Vader and Luke. And, okay, I'm a super softy. 
Darth Vader's story grieves me the most outside of anything in the Bible. <laughs> grieves me. The, I cry about Anakin turning to the dark side. I literally weep. I watch stories about it. I, I can't believe Anakin turned. And eventually, um, his life gets redeemed through his son, Luke. It's so beautiful. But, but here's a clip of Darth Vader talking about how he's serving the other master and there's no hope for him anymore. Indeed, you are powerful, as the Emperor has foreseen. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny. Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead. Man, stuff gets me. <laughs> um, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to, to track with me for a moment. That when um, Anakin was being recruited, he was promised a lie. And then eventually, because he wanted to save Padme, save his baby mama, which he didn't know was his baby mama at the time, but he wanted to save her and was promised that the dark side could save her. And because he was clouded by his desires of his today, the need for today instead of trusting God's way for tomorrow and forever, made a horrific decision and came allegiance with the dark side and had a new master. So much so that he said, my way is, I mean, Anakin's dead. It's Darth Vader now. The cool thing is redemption still happens and there's this beautiful moment when he sticks up for his son and, and they kind of restore and he comes back to who Anakin really is. And, but today for us is to remember that if it's money, if it's clothes or whatever the things the world offers, it's a horrible master, and it does lead to death. We can't downplay it. Anything first besides God has fatal consequences. That's Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I want to be very clear. I want you to have so much money, period. I want you to have so much money. I don't care. I want you to do great things with it, though. 1 Timothy 6 says, Remind those that are rich to not be haughty, but to be generous in every good work. To be generous. Money is just a simple resource, but it has a way of ruling us, right? We're out of that game. We have a master, and our master's name is Jesus. So much of our life is at war for the kingdom. And you know what's at war most for the kingdom? Forever? It's the kingdom now. 
The kingdom now fights against the kingdom forever. Anything that's screaming now, maybe we got to say, hey, you sit down for a minute. You just sit down. That's the ruler of this world. Number three, we trust that God is in control. Russell Brand, he's went through uh, addiction, and I thought he had a cool clip here that illustrates the truth that you and me are not in control. Whenever I've got a problem, whenever I'm in pain, whenever I'm unhappy, I have to at least be open to the possibility that the reason for it is that I think I'm in control of the universe. It's often that, whether I'm sat in traffic ranting and raving, or if I'm trying to control my personal relationships, this mistaken belief that I am personally in charge of the world leads me to conflict and discomfort. Like, so once I admit there's a problem, it's possible that the problem could change. I'm now ready for a bit of a kicker. That, and, and that is that it's not me that's gonna bring about these new conditions, not using the techniques and methods that I've been using up to now. That's very obvious when, like if your plan is, oh, what's your plan, Russell? Well, what I thought I'd do is I'd smoke crack and heroin every day and create psychological conditions that I can live with. Is the plan going well? Oh, not really, actually. I've become unemployable and no one can ever love me. Okay, and with a less obvious example, like the phone news, what's your plan, Russell? Oh, I'm gonna make myself feel good because hopefully someone on Twitter will have said that they like my hair. Is it working? Is is there enough compliments? Do we need to dig Shelley from the cold, dead earth so that he can write some ode to your hair that might finally fill you up? Or is your plan not working? Do you need another plan? Are you willing to? We know that I've admitted that there's a problem. We know that I've come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. I've done those worksheets and you shouldn't be even watching this if you haven't done those things. So you're there too. You've admitted you've got a problem. You know it's possible for that problem to change. And now we're ready to accept a new system. Now we're ready to step out of our previous modality, our personal Kubla Khan of domed authority, where we are our own personal Jesus, our own deity. We are not in control. Our possessions, they're not ours. My money is not mine. That's why the concept of tithing is liberating. I realize some of us were so hurt, so we can't even envision giving 10% to what God's promised to build his church because we're hurt. But if we move past the hurt, can we get to healing? And then we still find that there's Jesus at the front door of possessions saying, will you trust me with your possessions? I have a great place that you can invest, actually return, that I've given you everything. Why don't you return and get the right information in my blueprint on what I'm doing? Get a part of a local family. Let that be alive and let that be the first thing you do with your money, possessions. And that comes from a place of contentment to know that I have more than enough, whatever I have, not what you have, but what God has given me. That's why if we could pull up in a hoopty in a church and still say what's up to somebody in a Lexus, be like, what's good, fam? Just pull out just confidence, just like, I'm content. But naturally, what we do is we gravitate towards those who have this similar range of possessions. 
And we start to feel comfortable in those spaces. We feel comfortable in those places. But that is not what God wants us to do. And then um, when we're not in control, we recognize that we say, hey, God, we need you to provide for those possessions. Um, And then in relationships, we also say, hey, I'm not in control with relationships. I think today some of us need to put the flag in the ground and, and, and let go of some relationships that are harmful. Just let go. And trust God for healthy ones. I want to be alone. Well, how's it working for you? Like the video said, come on, we know. The world is a horrible master. Evil treats us wicked. Wicked. And as we seek God first, we do that in prayer. That's why we ask him. And there's a terrible charge way to get that signal to know that we're not in control. And it's fasting. Fasting. Fasting is simply disconnecting us from the world's master fast and connecting us to God fast. So here's what fasting does. Whether I'm denying myself food or I'm denying myself some type of media, but I'm, I'm, I'm disconnecting from the world fast, I'm like, I'm getting out. Now I'm starting to connect to God fast. It, it allows the frequencies to increase, and it has to always be about God. It can't be like, look what I'm doing. Sometimes I've fasted out of competition, the spirit of competition. Someone else is doing something, I'm like, oh, snap, I got you. You want a 10-day? I'm going to do a 10-day too. You want a 21? And I started hearing people were doing 40 days water only, and I heard Pastor Brad Leach did 90 days just out of a straw, and I said, oh, man, you win, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Number four, seek first God. There's a a statement, a little phrase we came up with for one of our albums we created years ago, and it's still speaking to our soul today. Live today like the last, but prepare for forever. Live. T- so this tension that today is all that matters, but yet I'm preparing for forever. I'm thinking about my kids' kids, legacy planning. I'm thinking about the earth and the carbon footprint. I'm thinking about how I'm going to steward my life. Because I'm planning for forever, but I recognize I don't know when the Lord's coming back. He could come back today. So I want to live urgent. And how, how do we get calibrated? That's why we got to seek first God. Starting out in some scripture readings. Starting out in just some simple things. And See, how we prepare for tomorrow is letting God have all of us today. We got any planners in the room? Control freaks? Come on. Some of us. You want whole life planned, life plan. In fact, you might even subscribe to life plan for identity theft. Life plan, everything. Life lock, life plan, all of it in place all the time. The best way to plan for tomorrow is to let God have all of us today, period. Let God have everything of me today. It's the one thing that I know if I get to the feet of Jesus, everything else makes sense. And when I don't, nothing makes sense. So cool for you if it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense for me. Doesn't. But when I'm with Jesus, if I just put on some worship and open up his word and say, God, I can't do this, everything starts to make sense. Everything. That's 634. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has its trouble of its own. Pastor Brad Leach, City Life Philly, he posted this this week in, uh, on Instagram. And I love it. 
you can't see this that well, but it says, so many tasks and challenges, the future uncertain, pressure, feels like people are depending on me. I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. Father, I breathe out my fear. What are you saying to me? Here I am, your son, quiet, still, and listening. I hear you saying. So what's he start with? He comes to the table saying, God, I'm seeking you first, but I need to write all the junk that's getting in the way. Oh, I love this. Oh, I love this. I love to have a pastor that I can reach out to that is this real. Come on, you all know the, the faith speak. Oh, God's got it. God's got it. You know, you're like, yeah, God's got it. But like, are you going through anything? And then you, you, people aren't looking to follow a leader who's always right. They're looking to follow a leader that's always real. And these are the kind of leaders that inspire me to be heroes because people could see all the things that City Life Philly is doing and their $8 million building that they got donated and their million dollar renovation. And they could see all these things, but yet he's carving out time in the 21 days of prayer. And he used this post just to encourage each one of us to say, hey, come and seek first God. And when you do, you get to exchange. And here's the things the Father starts saying to him. Here's the things God's Spirit starts saying to him. I hear you saying, pour out fears. I hear you saying, empty your mind of your plans. I hear you saying, my wisdom is more than enough. I hear you saying, trust. I hear you saying, don't rush. I hear you saying, rest and worship. That's not how it started though, was it, right? So, I got a little rope here. I want to rope us into this game plan. There we go. Yes, this rope is really long. Let me see if I can throw it to somebody in the back. Daniel, there we go. Oh, there we go. Grab it. Can you get it? Get that for me? Do my, yeah. See how far we can go. Can you get all the way back there by Denise? Let's see if we can get that far. Yeah, just, oh, there we go. Look at us. All the way back by Denise Rowe, poet of poets. Yeah, there we go. Ooh, we got pretty far. Now look at this, okay? This is a long rope, right? Wouldn't you say? Fair enough. If our life, Francis Chan did this illustration once. It's so beautiful. If our life represents this little, let's just say this little section. <laughs> right here. Here's our life. This represents all of eternity. Which life are we living for? Like every time we make, when we don't seek God first, what we're saying is, this life is more important. Every time we say, oh, I need to figure out money, or I gotta figure out the plans, or I gotta figure out the business, I gotta get the strategies, I gotta figure out the relationships. What we're saying is, ah, this life is getting the best of me. But every time we seek God and His righteousness and His kingdom and we ask for His provision and we ask for Him to lead the way and we, we stop and we pause and we, and we literally write down our plans and say, hey God, will you speak into this? Not, hey God, will you bless this? Hey, God, will you alter this if you see fit? Will you start to change this? And I believe that humility, that brokenness, what it starts to do is it makes sense that all of eternity starts to make sense in here. All of God's best starts to make sense for today. Every single thing we do in the name of Jesus is never wasted. Every seed we've sown, every prayer we've prayed, every person we've encouraged, each person we're reaching out to, and that all of the best of heaven starts to 
show up in today. That's the supernatural. That's the supernatural playing out. You're good. Thank you so much. Give it up for Dumont. I'll take my rope back. I need it for next service. So here's where I want us to close. Can we repent if God isn't first? Can we do that? Can we just say, God, I'm sorry? Can we say, God, set a fire in my heart today? And we're going to, we're just going to worship. We're going to sing set a fire and then um, Waymaker. We got, we got enough time. Let's, and we're just going to worship. I want to get out of the way. I want to remind us, okay, that God is doing something so beautiful. I have more notes, but man, maybe those will work for another time. And yeah. Just bring down the music for a minute. Did you just feel the, the pain that Jerome was talking about when he was talking about his last 20 days? Anybody feel that? Can we pray for our pastor and his family? Crystal's coming up. If you want to come up here and put hands on this man and his family right now, the stage is yours. Come on up. The stage is yours. We're a family. We're a community. We love you. Jerome and Crystal, we love you. We just pray the goodness of heaven on the Veerling family. Holy Spirit, come. We just pray the abundance of our Father on your bodies right now in Jesus' name. We pray for your daughter's tooth, for your heart, for your mind. Holy Spirit, come. Encourage them. Encourage Crystal and Jerome. Crystal, you are the rock of this family. You move Jerome, at the pace of your wife, more wisdom from heaven on this family. As we start 2020, in this time of prayer, we ask that your blessing be upon them in Jesus' name. We pray that all of the dreams that are in Jerome and in Crystal, that are for this place, that are for this time, that Jerome, you are here leading us in this time, in this place, for eternity, just like you showed us. Eternity is way longer. You're leading us forever. And we just want to bless you now. That the kingdom would come now in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.